Hi, I'm Jerry DeWitt, and I took a left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance, and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Uh, coming at you from another quirky place in Abbotsford, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and I wonder why in a country with free speech are there phone bells? <laughs> Joining me as usual is a team who will advise you that if you must choose between two evils, pick the one you haven't tried. She poured spot remover on her dog, now it's gone, Nancy. Uh-oh, that, 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 that's why it happened. I, I have no idea what I'm saying. What's your dog named Spot? <laughs> I have a dog named Spot. spot <laughs> now, named, now named uh, Mr. Invisible. That's right. And he wonders how come Superman could stop bullets with his chest, but always duck when somebody threw the gun at him. Scott! Yeah, that's a legit question. It's <laughs> a good question. Come on, we're gonna we're gonna have to do this to our esteemed host one of these days, Scott. You guys are gonna, gonna, gonna have to re- we'll have to we're reverse have to roles. Uh, you know what? I I will let you guys do that. Absolutely. If you guys want to do the intro, I've got no problem with that. You guys, welcome. <laughs> well, but then back. we have to think it up. I I see where you're going with this one. <laughs> I I smell work. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I hope you guys. Again, Never mind. I hope you guys had a good week. Last week we did an interview with uh, the best hair in atheism, Jerry Dewitt, and uh, I don't know. I, I I need to apologize to the audience. I don't know what happened there, but the clip at the very end, where you know we, you know, the applause and thank you, and this is going to be the show next week, somehow doubled itself and kind of overlap at the beginning of the interview. So I I I. I Got some messages saying that, and of co- unfortunately, I couldn't really pull the audio. So, what I'm going to do uh, for our audience, uh, if you felt that you were cheating out of Jerry DeWitt, and probably to apologize to Jerry at the same time, I'm just going to re-release just the interview itself on on Spreaker. Uh, it's just going to be the raw interview with no edit and no nothing. It's just going to be when Jerry came on and Scott and I talked to him. That'll so be that'll be good. Hopefully, they'll uh, compensate yeah. for, <laughs> for my no. It was, a, it was a good interview, and everyone needs to hear it in its entirety. So well, yeah, good, it's, it's only good just on a couple of the, the couple of first minutes, right? Yeah. But the rest of the interview is perfectly fine. But still, I've you know I feel like I, I, I owe the, uh, the audience. Um, last week, remember we we talked last week. We talked about the uh, blasphemy law repealing Canada, and we also talked about how some other countries are going the other way. And I said that there was a guy that is being uh, sentenced to be killed. Uh, in uh, Pakistan uh, for uh, blasphemy on uh, social media. And you guys said, no. And I said, yeah. And I said, I, I, would, I would look it up a bit because I didn't have the information in front of me. Well, it turns out this guy, his name is Timur Raza. And he was sentenced to death in, oh, I'm going to massacre this, Bahalnadpur in Pakistan for blasphemy, right? He's a Shia Muslim, and he's accused of insulting the wives of Muhammad. Oh, <laughs> this is no, normally. Uh, wow. Well, the, 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 here's a funny thing, right? In Pakistan, he he's a Shia Muslim, right? Well, Pakistan is actually ruled by the Sunni, right? Right, and they really, really revere Mo and his wives. Uh, so normally, if you blaspheme and you insult the wives of Muhammad, that usually gets you a three-year sentence. But this guy, he was also accused of blaspheming the Prophet, so that just went to Ooh. death sentence. Oh, so they just. Piled on the charges for blasphemy on social media. What a freaking joke. Oh. Pakistan, that bastion of humanity, right? Yeah. 
Um, so Glad I don't live there. Yeah, exactly. No, it's uh, t- things in, in countries like that. You just wonder how how people can walk that line of you know talking and yet realizing that if they say it the next sentence or they get onto the next topic they're, they're in danger of losing their lives and so you know talking to people and then wondering who's listening mm-hmm. it's a very it's a it's a very stressful dangerous way you know for people to live their lives isn't it yeah yeah so speaking of religious idiots uh, Ken Ham remember him <laughs> He's still around? Yeah, he's yeah. still around. And oh. you know what? I, I, I hate to bring you this really sad news, but... Why are you smiling? <laughs> <laughs> the Ark Encounter is not doing so well. Oh. Oh, who would have thunk? Who would have yeah. thought that putting an Ark in the middle of Kentucky, a Bible-themed park, would not attract tourists? Who would have thought? You mean an Ark that's not an Ark? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's essentially a building, and it's an Ark replica. So uh, he blames atheists. And the power of secular media. <laughs> the power good, on, good on us. Right, it's, my <laughs> fault. it's my fault because I've never been there. That's right. Little, little yeah. podcast like Left of the Valley. But secular you thought media. about it. But you thought about I've it. I thought about I even thought it's about still, not, It's still our fault. We've I, thought about it. I even thought about not going there. Look, it happened. See? <laughs> <laughs> so, quote, he says, recently a number of articles have attempted to spread propaganda to brainwash the public into thinking the Ark is a failure. Ah, oh, poor Ken. Uh, so, of course, Ken, who had promised an economic boom to Kentucky, if they supported the Ark, they got, he, they got him $18 million in, in, uh, in help uh, from, from the state. And it's, it's a dismal failure. On day one, they had a whole bunch of atheists there on day one when they opened the park, and <laughs> the parking lot was empty. It was mostly atheists. Nobody's going to go. Who wants to see that? In 2017, who wants to see some kind of floating zoo from the Bible? Who wants to see $18 million of taxpayer money go into a spectacular failure, you know, these days especially? Oh, so. (laughs) Well, that's that's a whole different discussion. (laughs) Yeah. Now, what you guys might not know is that there's also uh, our friend David Silverman. Joke aside, uh, one time that if... Before the before this moment, that if the ark was to fail financially, and we all kind of saw it coming, that Dave Silverman would offer to buy the ark and move <laughs> the core headquarters from American atheists into the ark. <laughs> and I hope he does it. Is, I there, hope a for rent, it. is there a for rent sign on the ark now? <laughs> you might have to. Huh? They you, might have to. You might have to. So. That would be that would be so much fun. That would really be an interesting turn of events. That'd be poetry. It would <laughs> <laughs> be poetic. For Karma, sure. poetry. Uh, nice little story too. Um, the, right here in Montreal, the Catholic Church had a pilot project we talked very briefly about this. Designed not to leave priests and volunteers alone with kids. They've been running this little pilot project for a little while now. Now they're expanding this project to provide digital fingerprints and police background checks for these priests and these volunteers so that the kids are unharmed. They're actually making a sincere effort in Montreal. Yeah, but are they are they getting fingerprints because they think some of these priests have got fingerprints on file no, or they're no, just supposed to be prevent- originally oh, preventative okay preventative oh gotcha uh so all the church was to follow this by 2020 a uh, quote from one of the bishop is the church has to become the safest place for the vulnerable <laughs> now you know what i i that i agree with i, I is, agree with that, that was that, that is actually f- the yeah. mission of their religion yeah. right 
this was uh, Bishop uh, Thomas uh, Doint. Uh, so he's hoping that he will serve as a deterrent uh, for uh, people, the, for these uh, predators to not uh, use the church as a place to hide. Will it work? I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of sad to think that, you know, that it, it's come to you know, priests, you know, having to. But I guess if you are an upright, moral, religious person, you, that's fine. Take my fingerprints. It doesn't make any difference. Yeah. But, you know, to those who, you know, have, you know, a, a child molestation on their mind, maybe whatever is a deterrent, you know, um, and, and doesn't harm anyone else, I'm I'm Ab- good with it. Absolutely. And also, I think they, they, they really need to check the fundamentals of their church. I mean, especially the priesthood, right? The priesthood, one of the big things they asked of you as be, uh, being a priest is to be celibate. And that just goes against human nature. It just does. So, of course, you're celibate for a long, long time. This is going to express itself in bad ways. And I think that's one of the reasons why these priests are turning to children, because, frankly, they just can't turn to their peers or, you know, they can't date. So... I, I'm sure that's a factor, but I'll throw a little monkey wrench oh, sure. in here. Monkey it is. It, yeah, in that um, Christian pastors from Protestant religions also molest kids, and they're married. That, Rabbis know, molest children. That's a very they're good married, point. That's a very good or point. Or single and dating, or whatever. So it is a factor, I'm I'm sure that you know. However, if you, I wonder if you take molestation by Catholic Protestant. Jewish and whatever. I wonder if the if the priests have a you know a, a pretty good edge on or you know spike on. Maybe it's the position of power. You know, for like a better could term, be. could could be could be. So yeah. anyway, but, so that was our news for the week. Oh, and uh, of course, Scott. I guess we, you want to talk about that sniper. Oh man, that All was right. something. Talk about Canadian pride. Talk about Canadian pride. In two thousand and nine. A British sniper made a shot, I think it was 2,475 meters, a little over 2,400 meters. And that was the longest shot in the world. And, uh, and, and they'd been going for years, beating the next shot by a couple of hundred meters or, or even tens of meters. So you would see a shot, somebody would, it would get the record, and then tens of meters later, somebody else would have that, the record. That's a hell of a shot when you think about well, it. Well, yeah, two, two and a half kilometers, two and a half kilometers right? Well, the other day, uh, or I'm not sure when, because they don't talk about the mission itself, but a Canadian sniper made a 3.54-kilometer shot and killed an ISIL insurgent. And it was verified by two or three other organizations not with the Canadian forces. So you're three and a half kilometers away and and you get taken out by some sniper. And they said he beat the, the closest thing to him was 40% less and that was that British shot Mike from God. 2009 they said this is probably going to stand forever you know that's a hell of a record well it, it is I know nothing about it. when when they when they do this you know for um, uh, a championship or, or competition all of these years is it the exact same rifle or well or this, are, this is these, these were actual combat um these were in combat that was so, an actual oh, combat situation oh, combat gotcha. situation they were leading i think they were leading up to an attack or they knew that this group was going to be doing oh, an okay. attack and they were heading it off um so this was an actual shot he he took somebody out from three and a half kilometers away wow and it just it it, it blows my mind because i don't know how you could factor 
there's so many things that a bullet the wind, does. the gravity of the planet, everything. Right? Well, you've even got the curvature of the Earth at that point. They, like you're that far that you've got to compensate for the curvature of the Earth. Huh. That's uh, um, wow. temperature That's... changes between where he was and where the target is would cause the bullet to sink rapidly or or not. Right. Um, of course, the velocity of the bullet and how yeah. much it's losing. Uh, velocity as it go, it's going further yeah. and further. Even humidity. Uh, if, if three and a half kilometers, you can have different humidity uh, in the air from one spot to the next, and that will cause the sink of the bullet to change. Uh, so he's trying to compensate for all of this and take that shot just to be able to hit anything now, at three and a half kilometers. Did this guy just look like a big Austrian guy, and he says, I'll be back, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no one knows because they don't talk about who he is oh, perfect it's, it's just now they have the record and that's it yeah. we don't know anything else about it wow oh. all right my dear nancy i guess it's time for this day in history it is indeed and as we all know this day in history is a roundup of those events and people that altered and illuminated the days between june 19th and June 25th. However, I'm going to go back one day to the 18th that we missed the last time around. We did uh, this day in history because there's a really it's it's a it's a cute story and it, it brings up some some history that um, not everybody is aware of, which is the point of of doing this day in history to you know find these little gems. Back in, well, I'm not going to tell you. Let me let me do this. When do you think the autopilot was invented for planes? Thinking of, you know, all of the, 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 the different records that have, have been set and, uh, you know, pilots who have gone around the world and, you know, all of these, these things. When, do you, when, when would your guess be that, that autopilots were, were first installed in, in uh, airplanes? Don't even know. And, uh, and I, I work. I would on guess them. somewhere during World War II. Would you? Yeah, because Lindbergh. You know, you think back in Lindbergh and. Well, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, but I'm, thi- I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, especially like the bombers when they drop yeah. a bomb on Hiroshima. That's a long trip. It's a long trip, and I think most people would would agree with you. How about 1914? Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, it. it Practically when the airplane was, was invented and, and the Wright brothers flew, the autopilot was made part of the, um, the average airplane. And the, it, here's the, the story about the, the autopilot. You were going to say something, Kevin? Well, I was going to say, you know, during the Wright brothers' age, they just used a bungee to hold a stick in place, right? <laughs> Yeah. That, that was the autopilot. That <laughs> works. Yeah, but but back in back in 1912, Elmer Sperry started the Sperry Company, which had to do with gyroscopes and stabilization of planes. And his third son was named Lawrence Perry. And Lawrence came from the Sperry family, who had uh, worked with navigational gyroscopes and, and and things like that. And so he kind of picked up a, a lot from his dad. And so he was the one who actually invented the gyroscope because the planes could be stabilized, but the the autopilot was something that Lawrence Sperry and his and his father felt would come in handy for people who were going to go long distance. They were taking the long view, but the autopilot was was brand new in, in 1914. No one had ever seen it before, never heard of it before, and Lawrence 
was in a competition in France. Um, it was the airplane safety competition, and it was right by the Seine River. And there were 57 other airplanes in the competition. So he had the, this biplane, which was especially equipped with the gyroscope stabilizer and for uh, um, stability and control. And he flew down the Seine while the, um, the band played the Star Spangled Banner in his honor and so forth and while they were playing the star spangled banner and the crowd was at its peak Lawrence Perry lifted his arms from the control stick and flew with his arms above his head and the whole crowd went <gasps> you could you could probably hear them saying oh my god look mom no hands look mom no hands that's, what, that's the first time I'm sure it was look mom no hands and the audience was just amazed not only did he do it on his own, but then he got his mechanic to walk on one of the wings. And while the mechanic was on the wing, doing the wing walk, he again raised his hands. And at that point, the crowd was just absolutely um, mesmerized about what in the world was going on. But what it proved was that the gyroscope could correct the role that was caused by the change in the plane's balance. And so Lawrence then became um, a hero in, in aviation, and he actually was one of America's first licensed pilots. Well, you think 1913, 1914, but his pilot license number was number 11. <laughs> From the Aero Club of America. So. It, 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 it's wonderful to think that he contributed in this way to the aeronautic um, uh, history and industry, but he's actually famous for something a little bit different. And the, the, um, the, the invention, not the invention, but it's, it's an act that he engaged in while using the, um, the uh, autopilot, which is, which is really the, the story I'm, I'm getting to. So in November of 1916, Sperry, who had become a known playboy, he was drop-dead gorgeous. He was just, if you look him up, he was one handsome guy. He knew it. Hubba hubba. Hubba hubba. He was a ladies' man. The women just flocked to him. And women, because he was so good-looking and so dashing, would generally accept an invitation from Sperry, you want to go up in my plane? <laughs> oh, I see where this is going. You want to go up in my plane? Well, one of the ladies he was giving a flying lessons to was, <laughs> was a socialite named Mrs. Waldo Polk. Her husband was supporting the war effort in France, but she was back in the United States all by herself. And the legend says that during the flight of this Curtis flying boat, the autopilot, as they were having their <clears throat> lesson in the air, <laughs> that the autopilot somehow became disengaged, and the, uh, and the plane just plunged Sperry and Mrs. Polk into the South Bay. And there they were, stark naked, being found by duck hunters. <laughs> <laughs> so there they were, you know, in the drink stark naked and Sperry insisted to these duck hunters that the force of the crash is what caused them to lose all their clothes. <laughs> that was officially the first quack watch. The quack watch. <laughs> oh. 
Oh boy. <laughs> I think it was. But yeah. anyway. it happened to be a doctor, right? It was. And that was the first test run of the Mile High Club, for which <laughs> Sperry is probably better known than the <laughs> than the autopilot. Now, you taught me something today because I didn't know any of that. <laughs> no, I know. That's fun. <laughs> anyway, moving on, June 19th is World Sauntering Day, which Ooh, was... That. Yeah, that I, was, I like that. Uh, yeah, it was in response to the, the popularity of jogging. June 21st was World Yoga Day and also World Humanist Day, which is a holiday celebrated um, at, at, at the solstice, solstice, which is usually around the 21st. And that's a day of spreading awareness of humanism as a philosophical life stance. Uh, so that's a nice, I don't think many people really celebrate it, but it's always on the calendar and there, there are a few good events. Um, and in 16. 33, June 22nd, Galileo was forced to recant the Earth orbs by the Pope, and uh, the Vatican admitted he, uh, in, in 1992, the Vatican finally admitted he was Boy, correct. can they hold a grudge. Yeah, huh? from 1633, right. 1847, the donut was invented. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, well, it, it's interesting because it was invented by a Captain Hanson Gregory, who was a Dutch sailor, and his mother made him some donuts for a voyage, but um, the donuts at that point were solid. They didn't have anything. It was just a hunk of fried dough. And so while the captain was in the... Um, uh, it was, uh, steering the ship steering the ship piloting the ship um the ship had a storm uh, the uh, there's a storm that hit the ship he had a donut in his hand and he impaled the donut on one of the spokes of the steering wheel to keep his hands free and the spoke drove a hole through the raw center of the donut and voila the, the donut. donut was invented the donut may not be a true story but it's a so it's wasn't a, it wasn't tim horton it what it wasn't Tim Horton. It wasn't Tim Horton. <laughs> um, there, there were donuts before 1964. <laughs> because we're taught this in school, aren't we? Tim Horton That's invented a donut. <laughs> yeah. June, and coffee. Yeah. June 24th, National Day in Quebec. Same and in 1880, the first performance of O Canada mm. was performed. And that it would become the national anthem of, of Canada in um, in 19, July 1st, 1980. You know, not, not a lot of people know this, but the uh, Canadian National Anthem was actually written and sung in French. Yes, it for was. For the longest time before there was an English version. Yeah, I know. When I when I immigrated to, um, to Canada, um, one of my relatives actually told me that one of the tests was that I'd have to sing it. In, <laughs> I'd have to sing it in French. <laughs> I'll be on the next show. <laughs> I know. I never. <laughs> Thank goodness I did. It wouldn't have been a bad thing. You would have taught me, wouldn't you, Kevin? Oh, yeah, but I, I've got a quarter against me singing. So. <laughs> and finally, June twenty fifth is Independence Day in Mozambique. And in 1876, General George Custer, need I say more, mm -hmm. wow. 250 men and the Sioux Indians, and I can just, I don't even have to tell the story, I just have to tell the location, Little Bighorn, yep. and there were 2,000 to 4,000 uh, Indians. Pissed and off Indians. And one scout. <laughs> and Custer's last stand. Um, and that 
dear listeners, brings to a close another passing parade of interesting, mundane, unusual, and occasionally bizarre events and people that make up this day in history. Wow. <laughs> so we learn things <laughs> all the cool. time. <laughs> yeah, some weeks are are, are are more bizarre than others. <laughs> oh, well, it seems every week is more bizarre than the next. It seems <laughs> with this segment. I'm sure I forgot Thank a few you, interesting Andy. things, but that's okay. Send in any interesting, bizarre date, and we'll have fun with it. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, perfect. So do we, should we take the break now, or should we just do another segment right now? What do you guys think? It's up to you. It's up to me. Oh, jeez. You, you tell me this like I run this show. Well, yeah, All right, then. That's kind of the way I thought it worked. Let's do another brilliant moment. Of course, wacky religious I just like news. the music, man. It's yeah, music's always fun, too. All right, I got a whole bunch of nice little stories. Now, did you guys know that beards can protect you from being gay? <laughs> oh, yes. that's good news for the two guys who are sitting here. <laughs> what, what the hell? What this, kind is of a, this is a glass <laughs> is that? This is according to the head of the Russian branch of a Christian church. This wow. is a Metropolitan Corneli, which apparently they call him the primate. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> primate of the Russian Orthodox Old Believer Church explained men should stop shaving to protect themselves from homosexuality. He claims a beard, a man's beard, um, it makes a it means a man is less likely to be corrupted by a same-sex relationship, according to the Moscow Times. Uh, <laughs> is that? Is that? Is that it, it, uh, it's obvious, isn't it? Now, if I grew a beard, would it protect me from being a lesbian, or is this is this gender specific to just guys? It would just put you in the circus Nancy, as a bearded lady. If you could grow a beard, it would make you rich. I, well, yeah. <laughs> Quote, God gave us the rules. It is written that God created everyone with a beard. Okay, apparently. Everyone? <laughs> apparently. Everybody. See, I so I ought to I be able... women just don't matter. Uh, apparently. No, no, none in the Russian church. A little testosterone. We ought to, you know, we ought to be able to grow one regardless of gender. There we right? go. There, we, we cannot imagine Christ or some saint without a beard. Or should not oppose its creator, Cornelius said in an interview with Russia's National News Service. He also goes on to explain that the beard's special status has completely disappeared from the Catholic West. In an ironic turn of events, Putin, who actually supports the church, always appears with a clean-shaven face. <laughs> yeah, so even the Russians have their crazies. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, well, Putin's kind of crazy anyway, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, well, when it comes to religion, it's always crazier. Here's another funny little story. story. There's a rabbi, and he finds that girls over five riding bikes are provocative and immodest. Oh, not another one. Yeah. An ultra-Orthodox Jewish rabbi in the, of the Jerusalem neighborhood of... Oh, I'm going to massacre this. Naloth has banned girls, banned girls, age five and above from riding bicycles in some areas of Israel, claiming the activity is immodest and provocative. You know, I, I wonder whether or not he could get away with that in this. I mean, it's an ultra-conservative uh, group, and there are certainly ultra-conservative groups in Canada and in, in the States. I wonder if they could get away, you know, what would happen to the congregations and in, in those um, in, 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 with, with those rabbis. I, I, I wonder what would happen. If he can do it, because it's in Israel, I guess yeah. he can get away with it. But that is just ridiculous. According to the rabbi, young girls riding bicycles could cause serious damage to their modesty. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> this guy thinks that they're going to lose their virginity on the bike. 
just... <laughs> so the rabbi is really sad now. What's that? My head hurts now. <laughs> <laughs> so the rabbi ruling said that we inform parents that they are obligated to forbid their daughter from age five and up from acting in this illegitimate way. The ruling is directed at members of the ultra-Orthodox heredity branch of Judaism and is disappointing reminder of the profound ignorance and bigotry so often associated with religious fundamentalists. Well, first of all, I guess, what goes through a rabbi's mind when he's looking at a five-year-old, a six-year-old, and thinking sexual thoughts? Well, you I mean, know, really what's, that's what's going minute, on though, in his mind, yeah. Didn't we, have, didn't we have a court case here where the judge said that the, the three-year-old girl who had been molested was actually acting in a sexually aggressive manner? Oh, no, really? Yeah, there was a court case here. I, it was a few years back. Oh, jeez. Where the, the guy was, yeah, and, and the judge actually sided with him and said, well, you know, the three-year-old girl was being sexually aggressive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So thoughts are, you know, they go across the board. Judaism, Protestantism, yeah, it, it, it doesn't make any difference. It's, 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 human, it's, it's, human. It's, it's men who have, you know, somehow their brains have been corrupted. Well, you know, know this, this nonsense that you're assuming right away that all men are sexual deviants and perverts. Well, I am. And if you don't cover the women, oh my God, the guys can't resist yeah. is, is so okay, bloody stupid. There's a difference between a pedophile and a sexual deviant or pervert. Okay. 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 Fine. <laughs> Fair well, enough. But I, well, there was there was uh, something on my news feed this um, a couple of days ago that um, a, a young girl who was either wearing shorts or something on the, on a bus, and it was the last day of Ramadan, and um, one of the Muslims walked over to her and just punched her in the face and Are said you? she oh, was, God. you know, she was um, not committing heresy, but she wasn't properly observing the holiday. So it's like, he's got these thoughts that she's provocative because she's, and yet he feels it's okay to punch her in the face. You're talking about, you know, people oh. that do anything to justify, you know, their their behavior or or. or Stand behind their beliefs. It's really is. It's a. It's wacky. That it is, is absolutely it's wacky. Really scary that we're It's scary and wacky. It is absolutely wacky. And of course, you know, it doesn't stop there. I just still have another story for that. Oh no. Um, this this is kind of funny actually. This is a, a closer home. This is in Alabama. Uh, there's a uh, minister uh, ministries called Life Saving Ministries, and they put up the <laughs> they put up a big billboard uh, in the city of Auburn. <laughs> It caused a bit of a stir, and let's let's find out why. Oh, hold on a second. Uh, get back here. So there's a big billboard, and it says there's a bunch of uh, there's an image of a bunch of kids, and there's a caption that says, "He alone who owns the youth owns the future." Adolf Hitler. Uh. <laughs> and then it says, "Train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, and he will not depart from it." Proverbs twenty two six. So, <laughs> wow. they had to take this down. <laughs> this is from the ministries, right? So, so I don't know about this, but there's two possible interpretations here when it comes to mind. So, either the ministries saw Hitler's quotation and agreed with it and didn't give it a second thought to who the hell Hitler was, or the ministry was suggesting that evil people might get to your children. So, Bible-loving Christians need to get to them first. So... <laughs> uh. so Either way, it's so either, wrong. Either way. <laughs> so the board was pulled There's, down yeah. shortly after. The, yeah. e e either way, you just wonder what was going Adolf Hitler? Oh, he sounds like a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, yeah. It, it, I mean, just... 
Words of wisdom from yeah. Maniacal. Word, words of wisdom when you don't teach history to, <laughs> oh. know, to, to people when they're in Cushetti school. taking ignorance to a whole new level. <laughs> Ida, please don't say it the next week. It's going to be more. Don't say please. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Let's go to break and we'll be right back. Hopefully with an interview. Stay with us. Hi, I'm the Supreme Irreverend Dr. Randy Tyson from the Legion of Reason Diversion. Join me and my co-hosts, Christine Shelska, Twyla, and Nate Phelps, as we explore issues at the intersection of atheism, humanism, and skepticism. Topics range from alternative medicine to the interference of religion in public policy. We often have special guests to help us understand the topic du jour. Previous guests include biologist Jerry Coyne, ex-Muslim author Ali Rizvi, philosopher Peter Bogosian, and the late physicist Victor Stanger. You can watch us on the Legion of Reason YouTube channel or subscribe to the audio version through your favorite podcatchers such as iTunes or Stitcher. And don't forget to like the Legion of Reason Facebook page. What is secular humanism? Critical thinking. Knowledge is freedom. Freedom from ignorance and its offspring, fear. The BC Humanist Association has been active in the Vancouver area for over 25 years. We offer a friendly and welcoming place to make new friends, as well as free educational lectures. We invite you to join us any Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Oak Ridge Senior Centre. Please visit our website for more details, bchumanist.ca. Here's an excerpt from Our Constitution, The Way It Was, by Dr. Madeline O'Hare. Seemingly, no one knew just what to do. There was no clear-cut program. Some wanted to try to continue to negotiate with the British government. Others wanted to continue the armed revolt in the hopes of forcing the king and parliament to remedy their grievances. There was no one, apparently, who had the vision to call for complete severance of all political ties with Britain and to found a new nation. The situation remained stalemated until the end of the year. Then, in January 1775, Thomas Paine's pamphlet, Common Sense, came off the press. It was like a fresh wind clearing away a fog. In the simple yet forceful language that characterizes all his writings, Paine showed the absurdity of continuing a relationship of colonies to a mother country. Why, he asked, should the colonies, already peopled with three million inhabitants and destined to expand to cover a vast continent, be ruled from a small island 3,000 miles away? Why continue to be subjects of a tyrant king when the way was open to be citizens of a free republic? This pamphlet spread like wildfire. The small presses of the time could not keep up with the demand. Hundreds of thousands of copies were issued and penetrated to every colony in a short time. Payne's arguments were unanswerable. They left no middle ground. All talk of compromise and further petitions to Parliament died out. Find this audiobook and many more at AtheistAudiobooks.com. Starving on 
I say to the grown-ups, if you want to deny evolution and live in your world that's completely inconsistent with everything we observe in the universe, that's fine. But don't make your kids do it, because we need them. We need scientifically literate voters and taxpayers for the future. We need people that can, uh, we need engineers that can build stuff, solve problems. And we're back. You know what's the interesting thing about podcasting? What is the interesting thing about podcasting? Because you never know what the hell's going to (laughs) happen. But that's why we all do it. It's for the thrill, the excitement, the The living on the edge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, we're supposed to have Ray, a paramedic, to talk about uh, the fentanyl crisis. But you know what? (laughs) He's just not showing up. So that's a bit of an issue. Nothing we can't handle, fearless host. Oh, geez, fearless <laughs> fearless host. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to play instead what we had. Uh, uh, last week we actually managed to do an interview with our old friend Eli Bosnick and Tom and Cecil of Cognitive Dissonance. Now, i got to warn you guys here. I'm just going to put this interview there. I, there's no editing whatsoever uh, really in it. You know, usually when you do an interview like this, you know, you have the introduction, hey, they're coming, you know, the applause, blah, blah, blah. But if you know anything about cognitive dissonance and Eli Bosnick, you know, these guys are not really following a format. (laughs) They're flying high. Yeah, they're flying high. They're flying high. And they're having fun. And there's (laughs) no net to catch them. (laughs) There is no net to catch them. So, uh, you know... I, I if, when they were on the on the phone with us, I just pressed record a couple minutes before the recording. You know, I wanted to just give a couple instructions. Hey, you know, th- this is a secret of behind the scene podcasting. You know, we'll bring you in, blah blah, blah introduce you, and then we'll go on to the subject. No, I just pressed record and I just kind of let him go, <laughs> and it's a mishmash of everything that is Tom Cecil and Eli. So uh, I guess we should just go and play that. What do you guys think? Oh yeah, yeah. go for it. And we'll come back at the end of the show. So let's play that. It's because you're eating her food, right? That's what it is. <laughs> what are you eating? <laughs> Flowers or? I'm eating because... vegan saltines. Vegan saltines. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds absolutely That's, yummy. Uh, and water. Gross. Guys. Uh, I would rather guys. eat prison sex. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Peterson makes $47,000 a month on Patreon. Yeah, I told you, I am totally willing to say women are less than men. I'm totally willing to do this. All we got to do is just get paid for it. I heard this the other day, yesterday. Thomas tagged me in it, and I was like, ha, ha, ha. And then I went to bed, and I literally lay there in bed with just that sentence passing in a circle around my brain until four in the morning. And I woke up this morning thinking it, and I have literally not thought about anything except that. For wow. 48 hours. Gosh. You oh, are right. so Jewish. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. Well, uh, well, thank you guys for coming. I guess I will press record any minute now. <laughs> you know, David Smalley warned me about you guys. Try <laughs> to get it started somehow, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, if you guys don't mind, I'll, I'll just, uh, st- uh, when I press the record, I'll just introduce you guys really quickly. Yeah, sure. uh, I, I want to ask real quick before we start. Sure. We have our air conditioner on. Is it making a weird humming sound? Because if it is, we can shut it off. Barely hearing it if it is. Okay. Because I'm All barely right. noticing so, it. Cool. Okay. Perfect. Am I on this or is it just you guys? Yeah. Oh, just, oh, you're here. It can be just Tom. It could be just Eli and I. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, ins- well, yeah, I insist that Tom be there too. I've got to score a score to settle with him. 
I'm keeping uh, a dog, watch. so. Hey. All right. Recording in a three, two, one. Well, online with us, we got a hell of a treat. We got our old friend Eli Bosick has returned. Hi, Eli. How are you doing? Gavin, thanks so much for having me. And I've heard you brought your best friend, Cecil, from Cognitive Dissonance, Dissonance as oh. well as Tom, who's a great fan oh. of Canadian whiskey. I did. Yeah. Guys, Nobody welcome, welcome to the friend. Fraser Valley, gentlemen. other best friend. I'm going to tell you a little story. My, my wife really loves Cognitive Dissonance. I can't listen to it because I end up making jokes across the universe of the podcast. And people are like, I don't listen to their show. And I'm like, you should. Listen to this, you'll get this great joke. And so I don't listen to it. And the other day I was like, you know what? I earned some Cogdis. I'm having a bad day. Jordan Peterson makes 47 <laughs> <laughs> a month on I turn it on and it was their best friends day episode. And I was, like, <laughs> dog, I, was, I was surrounded by other dogs and I was <laughs> best Ooh, friends. surrounded by other dogs. Of course, wished each other best friends. How could we do otherwise? Yeah. Well, then, I mean, outrageous. We're like 45 seconds in and Fired we didn't get each other gifts. We didn't. We didn't. <laughs> we didn't. My hooker that I got you is on back order oh. again. Yeah. It's a specialty item. She is not cheap. I'm just saying. Well, no. I mean, she's yeah, cheap, but not cheap. Close. You know, yeah, I, you yeah, know what I, I mean. What well, for the listeners of the Left of Valley, this is show has been taken over by cognitive dissonance at this point. <laughs> and the uh, comments of Tom, Cecil, and Eli are not necessarily those of Left of Valley subsidiaries or sponsors, etc., etc. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us, and welcome to the, uh, to the Fraser Valley. Um, you guys are extremely popular south of the 49th. You're not as well known up, up here in the north. Would you be so kind to give us a Reader's Digest intro or who you are? Are. Yeah, we're not as well known among the moose people or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> when you guys get electricity or whatever in your log cabin. Hey, 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 I got a bone to pick with you with Canadian whiskey there, sir. But anyway, I'll let you That's go first. not whiskey. Hold on. No, stop. We're <laughs> yeah. stopping this whole yeah, thing. Yeah. That is not whiskey. I'm sorry. That is blended sadness. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear this, this bullshit, you know, oh, it's so smooth. It's smooth because it's fucking water. <laughs> Water, Excuse water me. And of beaver expeditions <laughs> do for money up there. Now I I understand <laughs> that it's, it's it, they just squeeze a bunch of beaver pelts. Right? <laughs> and the first pressing <laughs> is the best. <laughs> and then as you as you work your way down, you get Canadian whiskey. Yeah, Canadian whiskey is like the fourteenth pressing <laughs> of fermented beaver pelt juice. Well, first of all, I will and let you know that as Canadians, we have a tendency to drink American alcohol to sober up. So ha, yeah. grew on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, the only, i'm trying to think of like what i've had from canada I, and i've been to canada i'm trying to and i was i left as soon as possible so <laughs> that's because I, you haven't tried a women from canada <laughs> alcohol wise that was acceptable labat blue oh yeah oh. have you guys heard <laughs> kevin's voice can you imagine I kevin i know giving right? a eulogy yeah or like <laughs> challenging you to a fight like i want to kill i will challenge you to a duel children so. Just so that he'll be like, you don't know. You've crossed the wrong end. <laughs> 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 Sorry, but I got to tell you to fight. <laughs> now, Eli, you're, you're, you're coming down here in uh, July 8th or in the Seattle area, right? You're down there. There's no down <laughs> there. Like, where would you start in order to go down there? <laughs> Saturn? <laughs> yep, July up. July 8th, so I guess I will see you in Seattle, sir, and then we can have a proper duel. Oh, yeah. You should want... fisticuffs him. <laughs> <laughs> I want you and I to do a, a two-man production of Top Dog Underdog. Oh, God. 
just like, you listen to me, you gotta follow the queen. Follow the queen. That was my motherfucking money. Always was. I fucking earned it. <laughs> Where in Canada are you? In Seattle. We're, we're actually right above Seattle. We're close to Vancouver. We're in Abbotsford, which happens to be the Bible, Canadian Bible Belt, really. There are oh, really? more churches so per gross. capita. Why is the Bible Belt always south? I mean, it's Canada <laughs> south, but still south. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's closer to Mormontown. I don't, I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's stupid either way. <laughs> God likes the sun. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so, gentlemen, I guess we're here to finally, if we get back on track, to talk about your new podcast, uh, Citation Needed. We have a new podcast? When You guys said, Tom, let me know. Tom, yeah, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, we are trying to double our listenership with the yeah. one person who will tune in. <laughs> After hearing this show. Oh, God. <laughs> so what was the yeah, genesis of that idea? I didn't hear the question. <laughs> I thought I asked him a question. Well, they weren't used to the question. I was, I was thinking about other things. I was talking over you, but yeah. yeah. Okay, I was, I was asking, what was the genesis of that, the genesis of that idea for Citation well, Needed? Uh, I, you know, so we did, a, we did a fundraiser with the Scathing Atheist guys. That's uh, uh, Noah, Heath, and Eli. And we had such a great time doing this, this fundraiser. It was Vulgarity for Charity. People would send in money. And they would they would donate it to a place called a, a charity called Modest Needs. And then what would happen is if they donated a certain amount, they could pick someone, send a photo or give a description. And then we would insult them. We just roast them. And we just had these, you know, five or six roast shows. And we started writing with them. And, and as we're writing with the scathing guys, we you know, we, we just had a blast recording. And one of the things that we noticed was when we would just have a Skype call with them and not just a Skype, just not a Skype call to actually record our podcast, just a Skype call to like plan our trip when we were, we were all going to QED together or to, to talk about the, the, you know, planning for vulgarity for charity, all of us would be in tears and we would all be laughing. We'd all be trying to make each other laugh. And at the end of that, uh, we talked and we said, you know, we really just need to figure out a way for all of us to get on a Skype call and have fun and record something. And so we spent from Thanksgiving until April developing a show um, behind the scenes. We didn't tell anybody about it. We just right. sort of worked on our own. We came up with a bunch of pilots and we we tested them with a small audience that we thought you know would give us good feedback. And we came up with a, a show where we find something on Wikipedia that is interesting to us. And then one of us tells the rest of them uh, us about it. So one person will be the host and then the rest of us talk about what we're, you know, what the, what the person is, is, uh, explaining to us and we make jokes and everybody just makes jokes and writes jokes and we just laugh the whole time. So it, it turned out to be a lot of fun to produce. And, and then once we started, once we released, it's just been a blast ever since every record gets better. And it's just, it's a lot of fun to work with really talented guys. Wait, where are these really talented guys? I was about to say, where are these talented guys? Well, thank you for, for, thank you for thinking of us as talented, but you know, we're just a small show. (laughs) (laughs) The show itself is almost a parody of uh, of shows out there today. I mean, you guys are joking on the show, but the show itself, you, you guys are saying, you know, you're not expert, you're just reading something off Wikipedia. So almost the whole show itself is a joke in a way. Yeah, for yeah, sure. That, yeah, that's, that, is, that is the actual idea, is, is we're, we're saying like, hey, reading one Wikipedia article does not an expert make. 
but let's pretend it does yeah. for a while. <laughs> let's give let's let's take a half hour of your time. You might accidentally learn something, but it won't go too deep. You know, I, that's what I tell all the ladies at least. Well, may, may, <laughs> and, uh, may I suggest one of your future shows should be on Canadian whiskey, so you guys can actually know something about it. It'll be a short show. <laughs> <laughs> What would he say? Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, see, I lost my, <laughs> lost my track, Daryl. I don't. <laughs> I love, I love you, Eli. I love you, Eli. <laughs> it's great. Uh, we're not oh, best man. friends, though. <laughs> yeah, where did this come from, by the way? <laughs> I don't know. One day he just started saying, hey, we're all best friends. And, like, Heath and I are just like, no, we're not best friends. <laughs> but you know, I feel it, like we are. He won't I let it know. drop. He won't let it just go away. Just every moment of the show, he just keeps telling me we're best friends. I've only met him four times. Less. Way less. <laughs> <laughs> Three times. Twenty-five percent less. <laughs> now, when you when you think of cognitive, cognitive dissonance and the scathing atheists and god awful movies, there are shows that are by atheists for atheists. But yeah. citation needed uh, uh, applies to a much broader public. Is that part of the reasons you guys are doing that? Yeah, for sure. I think what we wanted to do was was to take the you know the kind of the brand of humor that we've developed over the course of the years we've been doing our shows, and see if we couldn't uh, annoy a broader audience with it. Um, so, far, <laughs> so far, what we've done is we've annoyed a narrower audience, <laughs> a much narrower audience, narrower. long tail marketing. I don't know. <laughs> We're basically doing this a one podcast listener at a time at this yeah. point, but we're hoping <laughs> there will be a day. And I'm talking opening argument size audience numbers. This is where <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> that's, so mean. that's so mean. That's okay. That's okay. You won't listen to this show anyway. We should so. still brag about it though and post our photo. <laughs> So is there is there a, a, an end goal about the about the show? Are you try are you guys trying to um to, sh to show oh, with yeah, humor that people should be more skeptical about things? Or are you just saying you just want to have a show and just have a good time with this? Eli, what is your goal? This <laughs> <laughs> your goal, Eli. That's what I, I wanted. These guys I'm were not expecting actual questions. They were not <laughs> expecting actual questions. <laughs> I'm trying to move away from the atheist movement. I don't like it it's boring and and racist I, it's terrible <laughs> jordan peterson makes forty-seven thousand dollars a month and i can't i can't think about anything else so i'm hoping that this podcast <laughs> will make me rich enough to buy a gun that i can kill myself <laughs> <laughs> All right. The comments of Eli are not necessarily those of Lifted Valley for two years. Again. We, we don't share similar goals. <laughs> not in our mission statement. So the show is just about making sure Eli kills himself, essentially. That's what yeah. you guys are doing here. The, yeah. uh, the, the show goals are <laughs> not what Eli said. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Yeah. I, I, my goal is, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, my personal goal of this show has always been the same. I just want to have a good time. Yeah. I just, re I, that's have all fun. I give a shit about. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just want to enjoy it. I, and I do enjoy it. When I, I enjoy the writing process for the show, uh, it's, it, it's actually fun to do. And then I enjoy the call that we get on to record the show. Um, that's it. I just want yeah. to have a good time. And I, you know, Cecil and I started Cognitive Dissonance because, you know, we're, we're just, we've got a friendship that spans more than 20 years. And we thought, um, you know, hey, this is sometimes when we get together, other people kind of, you know, they get a kick out of it. So what about if we turn that into something? And I think it's when you when you have a chemistry, a comedic chemistry with a group of people, um, you, you may as well fucking share it. And so that's what we're trying to do, I think, at least for me. I just yeah. want to share that yeah. comedic chemistry, enjoy the creative process 
Um, anything else that comes out of it is really secondary for me. Mm. Yeah. And in all seriousness, like this is the funnest show to do that I do. Yeah. You know, I love all of my shows, but like I Monday nights roll around because that's when we record and I am excited to do this show. If if no one was listening and trust me, Kevin, nobody's <laughs> I would still do this show. Hey, I listen to the show. You sing him a nobody? Yeah, you probably uh, there you go. You're the guy. You're the guy. You're I'm the guy. I'm the guy. That's it. Well, I'm an avid listener too, so you got oh. you have two oh. listeners. We're gonna start putting Three. Canadian whiskey ads in the show. There we go. <laughs> Question: Do you think you would buy forty-seven thousand dollars worth of Canadian whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a real thought trap here, guys. How would you value Canadian whiskey to get to four? I mean, that would be like forty-seven thousand. Like, that's ninety-six million. Yeah, uh, right. Canadian no, that's that, no, that's about a party for a good week it's about it right <laughs> you, you have to During compare it to the maple syrup that it would take up the same space as. Yeah, probably they have maple syrup whiskey yes it's a very serious one so i took my wife to montreal because we're not rich enough yet to go on nice vacations <laughs> <laughs> hey 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 that's my neck in the woods be careful there while we were there they promised us maple syrup candy so i go and this teenager just takes maple syrup and he put it poured it out on ice yes and he just waited a second yes and then he wrapped it around a stick and he handed it to my wife i call that candy that is just slightly colder syrup (laughs) but but it was still the nicest thing your wife got right Is that a prank you play on tourists? <laughs> it absolutely is a prank we play on tourists, and it was still the nicest thing your wife got, apparently, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> again, this citation needed thing, I can't emphasize enough how badly it's going. I mean, if. <laughs> <laughs> I've a change in my couch cushions <laughs> episodes. I, actually, take that change and donate it to Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. I don't want to offend anybody, but I did use my cut of citation needed as a Patreon pledge to Jordan Peterson. <laughs> so, I don't know if that's like, I assume you guys all did the same, right? Yes? Yeah. No? Yeah. I, I hate women, too. Yes. <laughs> Eli does. And you know, trans just, people. <laughs> I also hate them as well. I hate them so much. Oh, good, goodness. I guess I'm just saying I'm, I'm willing to beat a woman on TV yeah. for enough money. That's, I guess, Absolutely. what I'm saying. Chris Brown right. got a movie. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Can you right. imagine the first guy who suggested a Chris Brown movie <laughs> a year ago? So it wasn't it was less soon to him beating up a twenty-one-year-old girl on his birthday than it is now. And he was like, you know what we should do? We should make a movie about that guy. <laughs> it's not about what a piece of shit he is. It's a movie about his music. Oh, and well, I so don't know. I don't know what's worse. Shit, yes, <laughs> yeah, okay, got it. Oh goodness gracious. Okay, <laughs> so all right, guys. Um, well, there was one thing I was wanted to mention. Um, about you guys wanting to reach a larger audience, I can. You didn't say about right. You yeah, said you gotta say. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Now. You're about Canadian. About you guys wanting me. to reach a larger audience. Uh, you gotta say a lot of A too, right? A yeah, A. a, a. Yeah, a. Um, my, my girlfriend, um, they're playing hockey during this recording. I just want you yeah. to know that. <laughs> good, good. My girlfriend, um, didn't grow up religious. So your other podcasts were always hard for her to get into, um, because the content isn't something she grew up with. So she has absolutely 
loved um, Citation Needed. We actually oh, good. listened to it in the living room while we're doing oh, playing so, games So we've got like stuff. three listeners now. Exactly. Oh, wow. This and, is like a telethon. And our cats. This is like a telethon. <laughs> like and where are you, Fraser Horn or something like <laughs> Where are you again? The Fraser Valley. <laughs> the Fraser Valley. Valley. They're in place. Seattle. It's just <laughs> Above Seattle. Seattle. Take a quick... The better part of Seattle, call Vancouver. It's it's, it's the Canadian it's suburbs a quick of moose Seattle. Ride in. <laughs> <laughs> you hop on an orca, you go through the sound or whatever. Right. You, have to, you have to ride the polar you bears. Know, is there a cupboard you get in or something to get there? Is it a, a wardrobe? A wardrobe? No, 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 this is Narnia. You know, you think about Narnia, John. It's not the same thing. <laughs> we we actually, to be honest, and this this to be honest, we when we talked about making the show, one of the things that we that that we talked yeah. about was specifically. This is a, a way to introduce people to skepticism and atheism, and it's light. It's you know we're clearly still atheists, and we might mention something about it when we do. We're also liberals, and we mention some things about that too. But it's not overpowering. It's not all the jokes are about a certain thing. And so, uh, so like when you listen to like cognitive dissonance, like all the jokes are about you know re- religion or about you know Islam or something. And it's not that with this. And I feel like this opens up some doors to people, may introduce us to people that would have never heard us before, and then may start to listen to the other stuff because, you know, it may they may they may enjoy the the interactions we yeah. have. I mean, really, we all know the back door is the best door. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> we're, trying to, we're trying to sneak our way in. It's a tough thing to do to yeah. sneak in there. Yeah. But once you're in, yeah. not a lot of complaints. I'm just saying. <sighs> I normally sneak in with cold maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> It's quite viscous. It's quite viscous. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the, the late great Christopher Hitchens used to say that uh, humor was the beginning of emancipation. With your uh, previous shows before uh, Citation Needed, do you guys feel you actually had a very good impact on the public at large? I think we've made no difference, but we've had a hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean that with the, from the bottom of my heart. I don't think we've made a difference. I think we're preaching to the choir. Yeah, show. we don't. We don't. Yeah. We're not. We're not a conversion show. We, yeah. we. It's it's rare. We'll get an email once in a while. People say, "Oh, you know, I used to believe be a believer, and I started listening to a show, and I'm not." But that's very rare. Uh, mostly, people are already non-believers, and they show up, and they just want to have a good time and and talk to other non-believers and 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 hear what other non-believers think and what they're thinking in their head. We have, very often we'll get an email from someone who will say, "Yeah, you, you guys are just have a running dialogue of what I'm thinking." I'm sure Noah gets the same thing for a scathing atheist when he does the yeah, dialogue. Absolutely, yeah. we get we get a lot of that. Is it's that for so many people who can't talk about their lack of religious belief, you know, our shows are an outlet for yeah. them to know that exactly. they're not alone. You yeah. know, and then that that is very meaningful as the people who have said, you know, you made me feel like I wasn't alone. You made me feel like I wasn't the only one when I was the only one in my town or at least the only right. one at my job who could talk about it. That's and, and you know, that's really, really meaningful. Is it is it true that Noah still gets like uh, carrier pigeon mail and snail mail as compared to emails for years? Yeah, well, so <laughs> Noah now lives in a weird compound <laughs> place that doesn't get mail. So we got a P.O. box, um, but the thing about a P.O. box is they, they take, like, when people send you dildos and stuff real <laughs> serious. So I just booked one at a UPS office near me in Manhattan, and then they, like, broke up with me because they were like, someone <laughs> sent you a dirty picture. And I was like, but don't people, like, order fuck machines to P.O. boxes? <laughs> and like, 
Yeah, I can confirm. Very in, true. Yeah. yeah. Those are in brown boxes. You need to figure something else out. <laughs> so I looked online and there's a whole industry of like, get your fuck stuff sent to this P.O. box. <laughs> really? The non-judgy. Yeah, we basically signed up for like a non-judgy P.O. box. <laughs> so now we, we know we share box.com or whatever. <laughs> share <our> P.O. box <laughs> service just with like murderers. <laughs> <laughs> And these guys are starting through the like child porn, child porn, <laughs> child porn, rubber dick for a scathing atheist, <laughs> child porn, child porn. Also for scathing atheist. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have a lot of child porn in Canada? I feel like it's very polite. <laughs> yeah, we always apologize first, right? <laughs> and after. And after. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> all right. You know, I had a whole bunch of questions in mind, but now I've lost everything in my mind. So uh, I will say, uh, you, you guys, you, you were saying that you don't think you, you're preaching to the choir, but do you guys think that your shows have made it easier for atheists in the closet to come out? Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think like uh, that there's a lot of shows out there that, that, that enable that sort of thing. But, but we're, I, I mean, I don't think that atheists in the closet that are going to listen to us would come out. We've had a few questions about it, but, but we, most of the time... For Tom and I, we're, we weren't, we never really had to do it. So yeah. we don't, we don't have a life with that. We don't have an experience with that. So a lot of times we, we'll, we'll toss it out to the audience or have somebody else answer that question. But, um, there's a, there's a couple of really great, uh, uh, services out there that, that handle this sort of thing. Recovering from religions, one of them. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a, that's a great, uh, that's a great charity that does this kind of work. You can talk to somebody, you can chat with somebody, um, either on the phone or on the computer and talk to them about, you know, where you're at in your belief and whether or not you're going to leave religion. And, you know, they'll, they'll give you resources to help you do that sort of thing. There's actual charities out there that do this work. Yeah. Mm, yes. Yes. We had Daryl Ray on the show a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. He's fantastic. Guy. I love yep. Daryl. Although I made the mistake of calling him one of the priests of the flying spaghetti monster, not the high priest. And he made sure to remind me that. <laughs> <laughs> He's the high priest? That's what he said. Uh, apparently. He said, you know, I might wow. not get a ration of meatballs in uh, flying spaghetti monster heaven or something like that. <laughs> I want to know what color his colander is. Such a distinction. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's the high priest. Got to make sure. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for giving you this, uh, some of your time today. Uh, if uh, people want to know Welcome. more. What's that? It was a pleasure. Oh, perfect. <laughs> he says that now. <laughs> if people want to know more about your show, where can they find you? Citationpod.com. That's one word. You can find pretty much everything uh, that, this, that that show puts out. Uh, Tom and I can be found at, uh, at dissonancepod.com. Perfect. Or at your local glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> the comments of Tom are not necessarily those of the valley of and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Send your complaints to the third floor. Yeah, Nancy. exactly. <laughs> was he doing a prayer? Was that a prayer? <laughs> you know, did you guys hear that? In the, in the <laughs> every time they go into a glory hole, that's what they say. That's a disclaimer. They all have to say it. In a short I way, I think it was. And we apologize. Job is not enthusiastic. It's probably <laughs> <laughs> the whole time they're just like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, guys, so thank you so much for being uh, with us on the show. Uh, before I let you go, uh, we've had this uh, done to Eli first, but we'll uh, we'll uh, get Tom and Cecil to do it. Tom, Cecil, can I get you to say, hi, this is Tom and Cecil of Cognitive Distance, and we took a left of the valley. Hi, this is Tom and Cecil from Cognitive Distance, and we took a left of the valley. We did take a left of the valley. And 
And, wrong turn in Albuquerque. And then <laughs> like, the left of the valley goes right to a glory hole. It's it like right does. to a glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. That was Tom Cecil and Eli Bosnick. I gotta catch my wow. I gotta catch my breath here a little bit. <laughs> yeah, these guys are um, interesting to say the least. <laughs> what oh, yeah. can you say about these guys? The only thing that would be more fun, I guess, is being there in person. But I don't I, I don't think I could get a word in. We can get in a word in either. I mean, it was just like just let them go, just let That's, them go. I just know, but go. they did answer our questions too, which was very gracious of them, and you know, very they were very kind to come on our show, which they really didn't have to, and I. I certainly encourage you to watch uh, or listen to their newest uh, show called uh, uh, Citation Needed. Uh, it's not atheistically as much as uh, their other podcasts, but it's almost like a nice introduction to them and their work. So uh, hopefully they can reach out a greater public. Yeah, they go off on, on various oh. tangents. Anywhere yeah, anywhere they're, they're that they can have a good time, <laughs> they're, tan- they're going. <laughs> tangents is their middle name for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. So I hope you enjoy that. And uh, like I said, the guys from the God Awful Movies will be uh, in the Seattle July 8th. And I hope to go down there and challenge Eli to a duel. That'd be, that'd be just too fun. Oh, wow. Looking forward to that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show, guys. Uh, that was great. Um <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. It was. And uh, happy uh, Saint Jean Baptiste Day to all my uh, Quebecers. Oh, all, that's out right. There. It is today. And uh, coming up, uh, we have the insurmountable Dan Barker will be joining us very soon, and we also have our old friend, my main man Pete Bogosian. Oh, will be back and talking to us. Love Peter. Pete is fantastic. Oh yeah, fantastic. one of the nicest guys ever. He's got a lot to talk about since we uh, had a chance to converse with him last. Too. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't stay in one spot, you know, spinning for too long. Not either. too long. Not no, too long. he doesn't. So we're also we're also going to do a show. We want to do the top ten best moments of this day in history. I'm still waiting on that list from you, and we'll do that show. You'll get that. I'm yeah. waiting for the top ten atheist humanist podcasts. Hey, if you so have some suggestions, us, send them to yeah, us. Left at Valley right. at Outlook.com. You guys that's have right. work to do. Yeah, oh God, we've got lots of work. It's, it's summertime already, and we've got lots of work. Let's just get worse and worse every time. <laughs> so you can follow us at leftatvalley.com. You can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, at LETV Podcast. Send us an email at leftatvalley at Outlook.com. Send your complaints to Nancy at leftatvalley.com. <laughs> Third floor. <laughs> Third floor. <laughs> Give us a five-star review on iTunes. That really helps others find the show. Uh, we certainly would appreciate that. And if you got a suggestion for our show, let us know as well. And we're also, oh, I should say, we're also going to bring back our friend Del Ray to talk about the uh, uh, recovery from religion. Uh, Always a pleasure to have him. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we're also going to bring back that uh, Jonathan Baker, you know, when we talk about global, uh, climate change. Oh, yes, it's going to yes. come back because we never got a chance on that show to talk about the Pir- uh, the Paris Climate uh, Accord. So we're going to bring him back too. So we got lots coming oh, out. Oh, he was he was he was great. He, he was had great. so many facts and figures. And when he went back in history and talked about how yes. they measure climate change eons ago, mm-hmm. thousands of years ago, just it just fat little niche that 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 scientific community has but really fascinating when you think about what it takes to to Absolutely. get that from the you know from the bottom of the sea you know in, into all the instruments and so forth instruments interesting and, and uh, we had Teresa that was actually sent out and she go and she went and spoke to a psychic so that'll be interesting we got that recorded we'll oh, have to analyze wow. that on the show yeah. too i know that'll, that'll be fun good deal Guys, 
From psychic to science. <laughs> and back. Psychic science. There psychic we go. science. It sounds like a crock of fake. Heck, we're on the edge every week. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Until next time. Teaching them to respect them. Respect them. Fuck that. The system is broke down. Working backwards in the only action of tactic I plan to practice now is to attack them. The parties of God's hands are bloodstained. Millions of murders by believers. And they're all in God's name. And let me take a sec. Don't mean to sound so hateful. But I swear to God, unintended, I find it disgraceful. That many atheists are told to be quiet. You're not alone. Speak your mind. Time to let it be known I'm proud to be an atheist A skeptic, a non-believer An infidel, a heathen I call it how I see it I say it's ignorance And you just call it faith And unsubstantiated claims That's something to be ashamed I'm an atheist Atheist, atheist